When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1416, The Disease of More, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Sunday, welcome to the old podcast, the OLD podcast, Optimal Living Daily, where I read to you like a big ongoing audiobook from many different authors. Today being a continuation from yesterday though, so I recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. And a happy Diwali, the festival of lights, celebrating lightness over darkness and knowledge over ignorance. Hey, speaking of knowledge, my friend Greg is a life coach and is answering your life questions for free as part of our network of podcasts. And I'm gonna use the audio for a podcast. It'd be amazing if you could send in your life questions relating to any of the content you'd hear on this show. It would mean so much. You can send in a question at oldpodcast.com slash questions or email one in through oldpodcast.com. Thank you for doing that. For now, let's get right to part two of Mark's post and start optimizing your life. The Disease of More, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Some psychologists call this constant chasing of pleasure the hedonic treadmill because people who are constantly striving for a better life end up expending a ton of effort only to end up in the same place. But wait, I know what you're saying. WTF, Mark, doesn't this mean there's no point in doing anything? No, it means that we need to be motivated in life by something more than our own happiness. It means that we have to be driven by something greater than ourselves. Otherwise, you'll simply run and run towards some vision of your own glory and improvement towards your perfect 10, all the while feeling as though you're in the same place. Or worse, like Riley's championship teams, slowly undermining what got you there to begin with. Self-improvement as a glorified hobby. Back in my early 20s, when I was what I would characterize as a self-help junkie, one of my favorite rituals every year was to sit down around New Year's and spend hours mapping out my life goals, my vision for myself, and all of the amazing shit I was going to do to get myself there. I analyzed my desires and values and end up with a sexy and impressive sounding list of largely arbitrary goals filled with stuff like taking a bongo class or making a certain amount of money or finally nailing that ever-elusive six-pack but I eventually learned that the funny thing about self-improvement for the sake of self-improvement is that it doesn't inherently mean anything. It's just a glorified hobby. It's something to keep you occupied and to enthusiastically discuss with other people who have the same hobby. It took me a long time to accept the fact that just because something can be improved in my life does not mean that it should be improved in my life. The improvement is not the problem, it's the why that's motivating the improvement that matters. When one compulsively looks to improve oneself without any greater cause or reason driving it other than self-aggrandizement, it leads to a life of immense self-preoccupation. 
a light and beneficent form of narcissism where one's constant attention and focus is on oneself. And ironically, this will probably make your life worse off. Years ago, a friend of mine once told me, quote, the best decision I ever made in my life was to join a support group. Three years later, the best decision I ever made in my life was to stop attending my support group, end quote. I think the same principle is true with all forms of self-improvement. Self-improvement tools should be used like bandages, only to be opened and applied when something is hurt or seriously wrong, and with the goal always being to eventually remove them. Life is not a game of improvement, but rather a game of trade-offs. I think many people see life in terms of linear growth and improvement. This is probably only true when you're young. As a kid, your knowledge and understanding of the world grow massively each year. As a young adult, your opportunities and skills grow rapidly as well. But once you hit adulthood, once you're established and have developed expertise in certain areas, because you've already invested so much time and mental energy into your skills and assets, life is no longer simply a question of improvement, but rather of trade-off. I've spent 10 years developing my ability as a writer. I've managed to conjure a successful writing career for myself. If I turned around and wanted to become a DJ, on the one hand, you could argue I'm improving myself by expanding my talents and skill set, but to put the hundreds of hours to become competent at an entirely new artistic endeavor would force me to give up some opportunities as a writer. That 500 hours or whatever is necessary to DJ competently could be spent writing another book starting a column at a prestigious magazine, or simply f***ing out a bunch more of these blog posts. The same was true with the NBA players who won championships. In their eyes, they were just moving up in the world. Yesterday, they won their first championship. Today, they're getting more commercials, a better locker, a big brand new house. What they didn't realize is what they were trading off. Their time and energy, now occupied by all sorts of new luxuries, was no longer able to focus on the nitty-gritty of basketball, and as a team, they suffered. Which brings me back to the guy in search of a coach I met a couple weeks ago. Ultimately, my advice to him was simply to be careful. Be careful with the drive to improve for the sake of improvement, the desire for more for no other reason than it's more. Be careful adopting new dreams and goals that could harm the success and happiness you've already built for yourself today. Or as the cliche goes, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Life is not a checklist. It's not a mountain to scale. It's not a golf game or a beer commercial or whatever other cheesy analogy you wanna insert here. Life is an economy where everything must be traded for something else and the value of all things rise and fall with the amount of attention and effort you put into them. And in that economy, we each must eventually choose what you're willing to trade based on what you value. And if you're not careful with your values, if you're willing to trade things away for the sake of another hit of dopamine, another temporary trip to your own personal psychological 10, then chances are you're going to fuck things up. You just listened to part two of the post titled The Disease of More by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And I'll do it for today and this weekend. Have a happy Diwali and I'll be back tomorrow. So I'll see you there where your optimal life Oh, wait.